listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A level-headed movie critic meets a loudmouth movie cynic. And action! All right, welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And today, James, what are we doing? Thrift store movies. Thrift store movies. Yeah. You ever been to a thrift store? (laughs) And watched a movie? And watched a movie? (laughs) While buying clothes? What? (laughs) Yeah, thrift store movies. You know, you're at the thrift store. There's that big old wire bin or those old shelves in the back. And they're just lined and filled to the brim. Scattershot with movies. Tons of movies, Kyle. Tons. Tons of movies. Of unloved, discarded movies. Unloved. (laughs) Well, here's what I did, Kyle. I I pitched this idea to you a while ago, right? You did. And I said, you know what I'm gonna do, Kyle, next time I'm at the thrift store? I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold up my my pocket computer slash camera slash uh, organizer slash telephone. Slash and I'm just gonna, tracking device, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I'm just gonna take snapshots of those shelves or those bins. Brilliant. They, they were bins, and I said, and we're gonna have a cornucopia of a cornucopia, a random sampling of movies that you might find in thrift stores around where we live. Because the idea was that these movies that end up in a thrift store must all have something in common, some common thread. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, or to why... end up in a thrift store, or how did they get there? Exactly. So I thought we could have fun bouncing around a list of randomly assembled movies in a thrift store to see what what's up. You know, I'm why, excited. Why that? But before we get started, Kyle, I have a quick question for you. Yes. Quick question. I uh, I heard you recently went to in- inside the podcaster studio. How I was, did with George yeah. Brisk. I did. How was how's, how's George? Uh, it was exactly as you described it. You know he stole me money, right? He owes you money. Yeah, he did. I never got paid for that fucking oh my god disaster. My it lawyers, was, my lawyers, it my was lawyers really hot. weird. I I thought you were just exaggerating, and no. I listened to your interview as well. But I assumed there was some pre and post show activity that was going on. But I yeah, he was that, he was straight weird. He asked me if we were going to bring other people on his show, and I didn't make any promises. So. Andrea? Oh, man. <laughs> Josh? Jesus. Aaron? <laughs> I don't know if we hate them enough to send them. All right. Anyway, that's, <laughs> but that's, maybe we will. Who yeah, knows? Why not, why not? Maybe an April Fool's prank. All right, Kyle. So that's, <laughs> we're, 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 here for, we're here today for Thrift Store Movies, and a uh, quick shout-out to all my thrift stores out there and anybody that shops at thrift stores because that's a way to... To, to fucking fight this fucking capitalist system that's just devouring the planet. Anti-consumerist all the way, baby. There's a form of recycling. Shopping at thrift stores is ecologically friendly. It's eco. It's environmentally friendly. Um, but, man, I, I, the fucking movies are still priced out of my range, man. You know what's funny? <laughs> they are kind of steep. And, yeah. I, and I noticed that as well. Most of my entire movie collection, right? I would say, was purchased at half-price books. Not a thrift store per se, but a second-hand life store for movies and books and things like that. Yeah. So I have I built quite a collection from there. Uh, I'm curious, what thrift stores you went to, or do you routinely go to? There's a few right here in the area of Goodwill, of course, and then there's uh, one called Out of the Closet. Uh, you know, we live in the Bay Area. We think we've said right. that before. So, uh, and that's pretty much it. I got like three Goodwills all within reach, so I go to those. Excellent. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't know about half price books, but for Christ's sakes, when I'm at the when I'm at the thrift store sometimes I'm like, you know, it's it's if this if this movie right now was like fifty cents or maybe twenty five cents, I'd buy it and watch Stock it tonight. Up, right? I'd fucking just be like, all right, sure, I'll take five movies tonight. But they're just expensive enough that makes me like do a double to like, do I really want, you know, this copy of 
uh, fucking American Pie 2. A special for edition $3? DVD at a thrift store can run you like five bucks. Yeah, so I'm like, no, no. If they really wanted to move that shit off the shelves and, and free up some space in their thrift store, they'd put them at like really bargain, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? But they don't, so I, I almost I just pass them over. But now we're gonna have some fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. Because we took the po we took the photos. We took the photos. We know it's there. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna run down our list here and see if we can uh, glean some insight yeah. and comedy from this situation. All right, Kyle, take a look at what we got. What's your first comment? What jumps out at you in this thrift store sampling? So immediately, one of the things that I noticed about this was a lot of these movies are the type of film where the title or the impression that you got going in was not in any way how the movie ended up playing out. Interesting. So, for instance, something like, I don't know, Chasing Amy or Shaun of the Dead, uh -huh. these, like, really weird, like, genre uh, mashup kind of films, in independent kind of style films, uh, you often see here because the cult following behind them is so strong but a lot of people just hear the buzz about it, like, oh, Shaun of the Dead, cool. And then they pick it up or they get it as a gift or whatever. And then they have absolutely no interest in a weird buddy comedy about <laughs> zombies in Britain and all that situation. So those were some of the first ones that stuck out to me. And, of course, there's always movies that have connection. I'm thinking Chasing Amy at this point, mm -hmm. where somebody like Kevin Smith, you hear that name, yep. and you see Chasing Amy, and maybe you don't recognize it, and you're like, ooh, interesting. And I bet you that movie has been in at least five different thrift stores that people have bought and turned in other places. Because <laughs> it's a very strange, uh, genre-bending, weird comedy drama about homosexuality and comic book artists yeah and people see it once and they're like okay <laughs> yeah, <that laughs> and girl, then they're kind of over it <laughs> that girl's voice is so annoying that it makes the movie unwatchable to me i've seen it once i'll never rewatch it because i know that the whole movie's like and then you fucking married that like chrissy in fact i would hazard to say that everybody's voice all the leads in that have the most annoying yeah, voice. Yeah, anyway. You've got Affleck in there and Jason Lee of My Name is Earl fame and all those folks. And they're all acting annoying and privileged and ignorant <laughs> and just like yelling at each other the whole time. Yeah. I'm not a big Chasing Amy fan either. Yeah. yeah. I went through a quick Kevin Smith era and quickly cast aside <laughs> as well. All right, so that's why you think those movies wound up here. I that's think a lot of those. And you can, you can see it repeat itself with films like uh, American Psycho, mm -hmm. um, The Departed, Moulin Rouge, Napoleon Dynamite, yep, Dazed and Confused, all these movies where there's such a connotation or cultural infusion, and then people are like, oh, I want to be part of that, you know, I want to be in the loop. And then they watch the movie and they're like, boy, Dazed and Confused wasn't the fun summer romp I thought it was. <laughs> it was really just a boring movie about kids in high school living life and being stoned great I'll, yeah <laughs> I, I like that movie i though. agree with you about napoleon about napoleon dynamite too like i agree with you by the way this is you know we're looking at our we're looking at a list looking at our list james of, took photos and we yeah. listed out the names of the movies in the photo so if it seems like we're jumping around it's because we're just looking at what the bins had we're exploring uh here. napoleon dynamite very similar i agree with you on that one good yeah. good analysis kyle because what a meteoric rise in popularity but then all of a sudden just all right like that moment passed, right? And if you weren't there and now you're trying to pick up on it, it's almost like it's out of touch and out of time, yep, you know? Exactly. You can't relive that 
Napoleon Dynamite cultural that moment. moment. Yep. Now it's just a weird offbeat comedy that you either are into that sort of thing or you aren't. Yeah. Ditto with Garden State. I see that. Oh, on, I absolutely. See that Garden right? State. It had that quirky moment. It captured that quirky Boom. moment of yep. of that guy. What's his name? He's, he fucking went out to Scrubs and all that, right? Uh, anyway, oh you know God. what I'm talking about. Yeah, Zach, I know you're talking. Zach, Zach Braff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Natalie Portman. But it's just that moment. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No. No lasting power. And then that yeah. moment got evolved into things like The Office and those other shows where it was like the offbeat characters were the big heroes and found love and success through offbeatness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna something else. I'm looking yeah, at I'm looking at what we what our sample of here. Uh, I see in the bin. Kyle, I see in the bins. Supersize me, bowling for combine, march of the penguins, wind migration. I lumped this all into my discarded documentaries right <laughs> yeah um and it's always a little bit sad to me because these things were were intensely popular when they came out mm-hmm. and they had a societal impact for a moment and it, it didn't last you know like yeah uh i think about that with supersize me supersize me was huge when it came out yeah and people went to the theaters and it had this huge i impact was shown like, that in health class in school or not health class home ec class in yeah, school. but it didn't. It didn't have the. It didn't have the lasting effect that one would expect, right? And McDonald's is still going strong, still yeah. fucking expanding all over the place. Well, you know what is interesting about that? The message that these movies brought up is now something that is still regularly within cultural conversation, yeah. but is more or less either it's known by everybody, but it's either accepted or disregarded. You know, I think in the moment it did, it it shined some light on some of these issues like supersize me and people were like, holy shit, Mm -hmm. that is way more fucked up than I thought. Or Bowling for Columbine and you get the behind the scenes look at the horror and all the political influence that goes into the horrors and March of the Penguins. And now people are like, yeah, there's some endangered species, but I don't give a fuck. Or (laughs) yeah, there's guns, but I don't give a fuck. Or same with McDonald's. I don't give a fuck. Or they've gone on and they've accepted all that, and now that's old news, you know? Yeah. They don't need to be keep reminding themselves and watch Super Size Me over and over again. Yeah, am again I going to watch a newscast? McDonald's and, is yeah. terrible. You might as well just watch newscasts from 15 years ago. Like, <laughs> oh, what was the news on September 35th? Uh, September 35th, did you hear that? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll never know what the news was on that day. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so dumb. <laughs> All right, Kyle, what do you got next? That's great analysis right there, man. What, what oh, next, yeah. What's next in the bin? Well, there's some other ones that are really interesting because they're movies that I hold near and dear uh-huh. and uh, and are, again, those types of films that are not popularly resonating mm-hmm. but definitely hit a specific niche. And I'm looking specifically at Big Fish right now. Okay. That was one that was a Tim Burton film that was really unique for him but wasn't Tim Burton-y enough for Tim Burton fans. So it kind of fell in this in-between category and generally just gets lost in the conversation of Tim Burton movies now. I think that one's great, and I can absolutely see why it ended up here. (laughs) Other films... uh, One that surprised me was The Departed is on here. And I also see a couple other ones that I think fit the bill as well, which is, and you might disagree with me on this, but Face Off, and, <laughs> I wrote that down. Ha ha. Yeah. Face Off, Training Day, and Fight Club are all movies where it seems like what you're going to be watching is just a big action spectacle or something mindless. And I know you've mentioned Face Off is mindless, and right. it is more mindless than the other ones. But what you do get with those movies is something way more complicated. You get a two hour, 45 minute 
uh, intense drama with The Departed that most people would maybe not be ready for, you know, or not expecting. And then with the other films like Fight Club and Training Day, a lot of people think that's an action-packed cop movie or Fight Club is a movie about people just beating each other up. And then they're way different crazy pictures of these experiences utilizing those themes. So I think those kind of fall into the list of expectations were not met by people that uh, viewed them or owned these films. Or they were just over them. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm gonna, I was going to... You get the Fight Club thing, and then you're kind of over it. You yeah, know? I was going to... I Because I, I classify this as a slightly different trend in the thrift store browsing, and that is... Uh, yeah, I'm tired of this movie. I've I've watched it a lot, and I'm really familiar with it. And it's it, it had its effect, and now it's done. And I I lump Fight Club into the this class, and I call it kind of misleading in a way. The trilogy yeah. dumping ground because Fight Club wasn't a trilogy, but it's really more like the the there's more to this action movie action movie dumping ground. And I'm gonna I'm gonna throw these. Let me know what you think about this. Hit it. Fight Club. Mission Impossible 2. Remember, this is all in one bin, mm-hmm. right? All in <laughs> one all, bin. All in like a couple of bins, actually. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. But right, here we go. Fight Club, Mission Impossible 2, Hellboy, V for Vendetta, The Bourne Identity, Men in Black. Maybe Men in Black doesn't belong on this list. Uh, the Spider-Man Trilogy and Kill Bill. So these are like, I see them over and over and over. Okay, I, I go to thrift store a lot. Especially Kill Bill. You see Kill Bill everywhere. everywhere. And so, and I also, I here's a couple more I lumped in after the fact. I didn't see these in this particular thrift store visit. But The Matrix, Lord of the Rings, and the Star Wars prequels. Yep. You see these movies, all that whole list I just ran off, right? Mm-hmm. And those ones I tacked on at the end, you see them at thrift stores all the time. I can get Star Wars prequels everywhere. Yeah. Nobody wants them. Nobody wants them. They bought them for the novelty of like, <laughs> of, oh yeah, I'm a collector and I blah, 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 blah. But nobody yeah. wants them. They, they, they get done. Here's right? the other thing with trilogies and with kind of anthologies yeah if you want to say yeah yeah, yeah. there you go there you go you are constantly updating the medium in which you're watching it too if you are a dedicated you know lord of the ring i know this true for me i mean (laughs) i collected all these things as dvds and many of them i have have on blu-ray now and have watched in like high definition so what are you gonna do with the dvd what do i do with the old ones well right now they're sitting in my parents basement on my (laughs) movie shelf wall that I have but what do most people do with shit when they you know have other stuff they pass it along thrift store and now we're gonna see I mean I've seen thrift store blu-rays and all this stuff now Uh, most of the time it's just real garbage but it's also a lot of these films we're gonna start seeing from digital downloads and stuff Mm -hmm. how many times I'm curious about this have you opened up a, a newer movie at a thrift store and it says like there's a digital download for it or something, and you just open it up and it's just the disc in the box and there's no download information or anything. Because at Half Price Books, that's nearly their specialty, is I bet all of these people have purchased things from, I know I did, I've hunted. I see what you're saying. And they find the movie, they get the download, and then they didn't need the DVD, so they just resold it back to the store, or they got a copy of it, somebody gave it to them, or it was a friend's or something, and they did the download, and then they returned it to the store or whatever. So that was a, a key niche market that a lot of uh, a lot of these kind of newer, big-budget films kind of fell in as well. So I have viewed those a couple of times. Not necessarily on our list here, but definitely. Interesting, Kyle. I, I never even thought of that. It never occurred to me to do that. Uh-huh. And I bootleg king. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's things like E.T. where now how many years removed from E.T. are we? Ooh. People have been exposed to 
a good movie in so many different ways, so many different mediums now, that you're just, by chance, bound to see some of those pop up every once in a while. Yeah, but this was VHS, too. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I, the picture, it's a VHS. <laughs> there's a lot, there, there's a there's a bunch of VHSs on here. Yeah. There was, uh, where, where, where the hell is it? Oh, the I call it the 80s dumping ground. <laughs> Uh, another trend. Another oh, trend. The Goonies, yeah, of course. The, the Goonies, Short Circuit, Lady in the Tramp, and I don't want to list them all, Kyle, because it's. It, it, I was like, after a while, I was like, you know, there was a whole fucking Disney <laughs> section. And again, same thing, like you said, they update these right. the, the the medium, right? So what am I gonna do? Get released from the Disney Vault. Have yeah. you seen those commercials? Oh, such garbage. Oh my god. So so you have you have a <laughs> massive stack of these like puffy packaged. V- Remember, like VHS tapes came in puffy oh, kind of yeah. packaging. Sort of double like a damn cheeseburger, like a yeah. like a like a sandwich, like a right? Seven hundred page Russian novel. Yeah, and so <laughs> you have all these like a massive stack of VHS types with their special all color like covers and back covers, and, and they're all just there. They, they, the eighties dumping grounds, mm-hmm. what it is. But Kyle, what else do you notice? Amazing, amazing that I saw this movie in the uh, in the bin. Speaking of the eighties, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris Bueller. Who, who How would could anybody that? give that up? The only excuse would be is if you do, in fact, buy like the latest version, right? Like, or you've seen it so many times that when you just close your eyes, you see it, and you don't even need a copy of it anymore. Kyle, when I saw that in the in the bin, I had a flashback, man, to one of my favorite scenes. Oh my god, I wonder if you're gonna say the same one I'm thinking of. We got the clip. Should we just play the clip? Let's. Oh, yeah, we got the. We, clip. Have, we haven't played a clip oh, in a while. Yeah, we have. Let's let's play the clip. Let's roll it for him. Here, so this is uh, James's favorite clip from Ferris Bueller. I wonder if it'll be the same one that I have. Ed Rooney. Ed, this is George Peterson. How are you today, sir? Well, we've had a bit of bad luck this morning, as you may have heard. Yeah, I heard, and man, I'm all broken up. Oh boy, what a blow. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's been a tough morning, and we got a lot of family business to take care of, so if you wouldn't mind excusing Sloan, I'd appreciate it. Uh, yeah, sure. No, I'd be happy to. Yeah, you, uh, you just produce a corpse and, uh, I'll release Sloan. I want to see this dead grandmother firsthand. Ed? It's all right, Grace. It's Ferris Bueller, the little twerp. I'm going to set a trap and let him fall right in it. Ooh! I'm sorry, Ed. Did you say you wanted to see a body? Yeah, that's right. Just, uh, roll her old bones on over here and I'll dig up your daughter. You know that's school policy. Oh. Was this your mother? Uh, no, my wife's mother. Ed Rooney's office. Hi, this is Ferris Bueller. Can I speak to Mr. Rooney, please? Thank you. Um, hold. Tell you what, dipshit. If you don't like my policies, you could come on down here and smooch my big all white butt. Pucker up, Buttercup! What? Ferris Bueller's on line two. <laughs> Mr. Peterson? Um, you know, I, I, I think I owe you an apology, sir. Well, I should say you do. I, uh, I, I... Well, I think you should be sorry, for Christ's sakes. A family member dies and you insult me? What the hell's the matter with you anyway? Uh, oh, well, you, you, I, well, uh, uh, I, I really don't know, sir. I mean, I don't think I was talking to you. Uh, 
I thought I was talking to somebody else. You know, sir, I, I would never deliberately insult you like that. I, 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 I can't begin to tell you how embarrassed I am. Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. <laughs> asshole! Uh, you're, you're absolutely right, sir. You, you've hit the nail right on the head. This isn't over yet, Buster. Do you read me? Yeah, Kyle, wow. I love that scene. <laughs> I can't believe that's my favorite scene, too. Yes! That's exactly what I was thinking of. Man, that is so funny. That's great. Oh, thanks viewer. for queuing that up, man. Oh, hey. That was you know. good. A blast from the past. See, that's another thing. With some of these movies, they sit on your shelf for so long or wherever they are, and you may not watch them all the time, but every once in a while, somebody comes over or you're just thinking about it, and it's fun to just pop them in there. So if you got the room to store them, I mean, now that everything's digital... You can just pretty much queue up anything, but uh, yeah, it's fun to hang on to some of this stuff. Or even just when you're in the thrift store browsing around, just seeing the cover of a movie that you haven't seen in a long time, all the memories come flashing back, and you it's like, oh, I remember this movie, yeah. I remember. And you hadn't thought about it in a long time, so you see it on a shelf, and you, oh, it's like a little, it's a memory, you're sitting on a shelf. All right, Kyle, what else you got? What's so the we'll address the, the elephant in the thrift store, as it <laughs> were. The ones that you always see, I mean, these are consistent across the board. The stupid, stupid comedies. I mean, just the most garbage base. And you know what? We've actually got a podcast coming up all about worthless comedies. It's just going to be worthless comedies. But, James, you lumped them into a category. Run down your list of the worthless comedies. Well, yeah, again, I'm, I'm, imagine I'm hovering over the bin. I'm looking down. I'm like, God always. damn. There's you a, see these always. There's a pattern at work here. And, and here's just the list from a couple of snapshots. You ready for this? Anchorman, Talladega Nights, 40-Year-Old Virgin, Road Trip, Borat, Old School, Wedding Crashes, American Pie 2, Just Married, Zoolander, Friday, Swingers, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and Billy Madison. Oh, and Wayne's World. All of that in one... Oh, my God. <laughs> it just... <laughs> Wait, you, you talk. I'm a count. I just can't even believe... I mean, you see these all the time, and it's it's those films that everybody got so hyped about, and again... You either missed it, you weren't part of the joke initially, and now you can just see it for what it is, which is usually, flip a coin, garbage Will Ferrell comedy, or something by uh, fucking 40-year-old virgin guy, you know, the director, I can't remember his name. I know, You yeah, see all yeah, those yeah. things all the time. Oh man, that's one that I see everywhere, everywhere. It's called Funny People. Have Funny you seen people. it? It's, it's same Edited director. He'll, his name will come to me in a minute. Um, but he, there was a portion of his career where he was so overhyped that yeah. he was producing and releasing films where they weren't releasing this theatrical release. Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow, thank you. They were releasing the extended Judd Apatow cuts where these comedies were blown up. There's a cut of 40-Year-Old Virgin that I swear to God is like two hours and 40 minutes. Oh my God. Can you even fucking imagine watching that? For The ending of that movie already drags on oh, so terrible, way yeah. too long. Yep, oh my God. And Funny People is a movie that he made where he wanted to talk about stand-up comics. And he has all sorts of comics in it and they do stand-up. But their lives are hard and they're depressed and they're facing challenges. Oh my god, I just remember seeing that in the theater and being like, this is some epic bullshit going on. I see that one everywhere. People that were on the Judd Apatow train even saw that film and were like, nope, I reached, I reached my ultimate breaking point with that guy, Judd Apatow, with This Is 40. Did you see that piece of shit? I didn't see that movie. With, with uh, Paul Rude and, and uh, 
whatever. Like I think it's John Apatow's wife in real it life. Is, talk, yeah. talk about like in sort of talk about like nepotism and whatnot. They all just keep feeding each other roles and shit, right? Yeah. Oh, Kyle, it's terrible. Yeah, it's interesting because his. I think he's kind of taken a backseat more to some of this stuff now. I was about to say, because we loved yeah. Popstar. Popstar, Never Stop. You know what? We're going to see that movie. That's a perfect example of a thrift store movie. It will be, yeah. It will future, absolutely yeah. be. Yep. Because there's such a there's such a level of comedy in there that people going in expecting something way dumber than that mm-hmm. aren't going to get what they bargained for and are going to just cast it aside as something, you know, stupid parody or whatever. When in reality, its brilliance will shine through. Yeah, but yeah, well, I think producing and and kind of facilitating is a the best role. Well, that he's I th- in right I now. think another reason why a lot of these movies make the bin, and I'm not just talking about the stupid comedies because we can move on from that. We'll talk more about them in the future. Yeah, it's just the the complete oversaturation of them. Like oh, when they yeah. when they're released in the theater, they're they're so hyped and ah, everybody's quoting them and going crazy. And then when they come out on video, there's the Original cut, then the director's cut, then the X-rated cut, where there's like a, yeah. a weird, you know, censorship box on the girl's tits or whatever, right, on the cover. <laughs> Holy cow, the, um, the American Pie series is emblematic of that, oh, is it absolutely. not? Just totally over-marketed, blown out of proportion, so there are copies of it in every fucking movie store and video store all over the world, and then they just wind up in dust bin, in, uh-huh. in bins. Yeah. It's almost like the the cultural experience of these movies builds them up so much so that actually seeing the film wasn't anything special but seeing it with your peeps and talking to people about that one scene that was funny or yeah. did you see Will Ferrell's Saturday Night Live oh my god it's so funny <laughs> and then you just get to talk to people and shoot the shit and say funny one liners from it when the rest of the movie's a piece of crap yeah. and anybody going into it outside of that immediately is doused with it. Yeah, so is it a timeless piece of art that you should have on your shelf for all time and pass it to your kids? No. No. Dust, fucking... Dust bin. Dust bin. Bargain There's bin. Bargain bin. <laughs> what else you got, Kyle? What's next? What else is on here? Let's take a look at the back. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's some good... Oh, things like American Beauty are a perfect example of artsy things that are very low on the enjoyment scale for people to watch. And so people hear about them, hear that they're great films, and people like me collect them and just have them sit on their wall and never watch them. But (laughs) they're movies that people heard about, thought would be good, they watched them, and they're just not enjoyable to rewatch. You know another one I see all the time? Requiem for a Dream. And probably for the same reason that I can't watch it anymore, ever again, is just that it's not enjoyable to watch. Like, why watch a movie that's so horrendously depressing and not enjoyable and keep it on your shelf for time and time again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lump another movie into that yes. same category because your analysis is excellent and that's Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, yeah. Another brilliant movie but a little bit of a downer and, you know, what do you do with it after after that initial sort of novel viewing experience of, oh, wow, what an interesting time. Oh, what a twist. Oh, look, he's going to try to get the girl himself. You know, little Elijah Wood comes right. in and tries a snake, right? <laughs> and so is it rewatchable? Like all the scenes that are blue-toned and sad right. and whatnot? Not really, right? A lot of these movies now, are I'm clever. noticing as well, are twist films. Films that have big surprises in them or that were hyped up in that way or were new releases people were stoked for that were going to be like genre uh benders or reboots and then they fall flat on their face so i'm looking at you superman returns (laughs) (laughs) and uh and fucking uh 
Oh, and the, the M Night dumping ground. Yep. The M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> somebody, somebody cleaned house because these were all lumped in that bin right oh, there. Man. We're looking at Sixth Sense, The Village, and Signs all in the same little uh-huh. like section of the thrift store. That was funny when I That's saw that. That's hilarious. Someone clearly was like, "Fuck it, I'm done with these." <laughs> <laughs> High School Musical. Oh my god. For people that you know grew up and went, "Oh god." I don't want this anymore. Well, Kyle, in the thrift store bins, to be honest with you, I took the pictures, and there are tons of these things. And I just, I wrote, you know, I, I created the list out of the ones that I recognized. And I recognized the words high school musical, right? I just right. recognized that. But to be honest with you, there were tons of glittering boxes with all sorts of, like, shit that looked just like this. I was like, I don't recognize. Like Hannah Montana, the musical. Oh, forget it. There's so, much, <laughs> there's so much stuff that kids clearly grew out of, right? Yeah, like their parents yeah, yeah. bought it for them. Oh, you're so cute the way you prance around my living room, a little consumer's drone. <laughs> and then they get too old and they go away to college. Like, what the fuck is a parent going to do with a whole oh, room full God. of glee? That's right? hilarious. Oh, yeah. That's there's the a lot other. of them. High school music is just a stand-in for like a whole shelf of this shit. That's right? the other thing we haven't even touched on because this is a typically a movie podcast. Yeah. But TV show box sets. I skipped over them, Kyle. They're everywhere. Truckloads. That's 90... Who can watch that much Friends? Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. The TV show. And then to see what what TV shows people bought. In one of the pictures, you had the best of highlights from The Cosby Show. (laughs) And we all know why that one's there now. So some other good ones like that are all present in there. Yeah, like we mentioned that guy, Zach... Uh, what's his Zach name? Braff. I've seen bins full of Scrubs. Like, All who the hell even watched Scrubs in the, in the first place? Scrubs is it was like the last the of the sitcoms, right? Weirdest show I've ever seen. I never got into it. I've Wait, watched no, random episodes all over the place. And for those of you out there, I've watched it from the beginning as well. Nothing about it is consistent or appealing in any way. I never saw a single episode. It is so weird. It, <laughs> it is just so weird. The tone is off the charts bizarre. All right, Kyle, the last thing I got here. Is I, I can't let this one go without mentioning it. <laughs> Hit it. You go to a thrift store. We can button it up here. And it, you, yeah, we go. You go to a thrift store. You're looking at this random assemblage, and I love it when you come across like a really crappy, unsanctioned sports video highlights, right? <laughs> Where it's like baseball bloopers, and there's not a trace of a major league baseball team logo or a mention of any names. <laughs> The pictures are like generic players with no identifiable features, right? Looks like it was printed off a computer and just slid into the like <laughs> DVD jacket. I used to get those as Christmas <laughs> gifts from my aunts. I'd be like, you get so hyped, like, yeah, I love bloopers, right? Because this is before the internet. When I was a kid, you couldn't just type into YouTube bloopers, bloopers. and watch them for hours on end. Yep. You had to like have it. Somebody had to do the work yeah. of making and editing and compiling these. And people went and did them on like I don't know like bootleg style or just mm-hmm. shit style or like high school footage style. Oh, have you ever gotten one of those? I've never gotten one, oh but I have seen them. Oh my god, they're them. so disappointing. That is so. Hockey's funny. greatest fights. You pop it in, and it's like it's like. And they're bookended between like an ESPN thirty and thirty on like each side. Yeah. And they're trying to make it like look good, you know, like it belongs there. Oh god, That's funny. it's in one of the pictures that I looked at. I pick it up. It's like just a baseball player with just a blue hat on. <laughs> And they, and they they try their best like watch the wackiest things and sports happen. Oh my god! And it's it's just so unofficial and whatnot. Distributed by like Jeff and from 
you know, like from fucking like Tom's River, New Jersey. Like, what the fuck is this guy? That is so funny. Or it's like news clips and they show you like the news footage because that's all they have, like the legal yeah, right to yeah. like, you know, use. Oh my God. I wish you, I wish you were a bit older because I feel like everybody from my generation got these as gifts and it was oh, so disappointing to get an unsanctioned, unofficial <laughs> highlight film. You're like, and nothing is any good. There's never any good bloopers, right? Because it's all just like, yeah, the guy goes, you know, for a fly ball and doesn't catch it. Like, right. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's always like weird star wraps and what do they call them? Like star oh, wipes. Star and, wipes and like all sorts yeah. of weird. Like uh, somebody transitions. was using like my first, you know, video <laughs> editor on their computer. Yeah. Oh man, that's good. Oh, I love it, Kyle. What else you got? Uh oh man, just you know, looking back on this again, one of the things that you find all, all the time, and you kind of mentioned this earlier. But you see the the sequels that always tanked so much. <laughs> see, you hardly ever see the original that they belong to. But you see, like you mentioned, Mission Impossible 2. You see, <laughs> like, the uh, Men in Black 2 and 3 <laughs> and all those. And I just love and I, I just, It's so fun to go back and, and look at some of these that you have on this list. Because they are the exact same ones you see every time. Uh-huh. Like... What's the niche genre for people that kept and hung on to films like Frost Nixon or The Devil Wears Prada? Like, what, <laughs> the one Nixon historian out there that's like, what a good dramatic interpretation of <laughs> the meeting of <laughs> these oh two people. God. It's so great. God, that's great, Kyle. People that saw it in the theater and then somebody said something about it and then they end up with it and they're like, no, I never realized I never wanted to watch this again. You know, it's funny you bring up the Frost Nixon because it is here in the photo, it's on the list. Is I remember the previews for that, they made it seem so intense and whatnot. But then when you, it's one of those things that the previews are so misleading because you see the preview, wow, that looks like a good movie. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Most movies look good in the previews. They yeah. did a good job. And then you think about it like five minutes later, I would never go fucking see that. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw that on DVD and it was... Ross Nixon. That's all I can say about it. It was exactly what you'd expect it to be. You know, oh, Ron Howard tried to build drama out of a sit-down conversation with Nixon. I know it's based off of a stage play, which I bet is probably interesting and puts a lot more into it, but it was all just to put people in makeup and be like, wow, it's like they're really here! We're doing it again! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, last thing, Kyle. This last is my last thing. thing. This is my last thing. I thought it was my last thing a second ago, but here it comes again. Hit it. Because it's another uh, dumping ground. Yes. And that is the late 90s, early 2000s, hot girls and pretty boys movies. Oh what do I mean by God. that? Here we go, Kyle. Cruel Intentions. Oh, man. Bring It On. Scream 2. And Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect is a little bit later on, but you get the idea. Yeah. Step are, Up. You know, all yeah, those yeah, dance bring it movies. On. I'm dancing oh. right now. You can't <laughs> see it. <laughs> They're all there because, again, it's like they, they just have such limited shelf life, don't mm -hmm. they? Like... Or it's such it's, a phase, you know? And some of those that are just so bad, but they're so, like... I've used this word so many times, it's cliche now, but they're so niche that somebody buys them for somebody who's, like... Yeah. ...likes breakdancing or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're, like, oh, stuck with this... Christmas DVD gift. ...garbage of breakdance, the movie throwdown, you, you know? You in choir, so I bought you Pitch Perfect, don't you... <laughs> Remember when you were in acapella? Yeah, somebody joins the right, acapella team exactly. for, the, for like in September for the new semester of and school. Everybody gets a copy of Pitch Perfect. Yeah, and then next thing you know, every <laughs> gift for Christmas is like, oh, here's your fucking book on how to be right. a better acapella singer. Here's that funny movie that mm -hmm. pokes fun at. Oh, Kyle, you're, you're really good at it's this great. shit, man. This is great. 
Wow. <laughs> you know, we'll revisit thrift store movies again. All right, good. See if we can uh, see if we can dig up some more mysteries about them, and uh, and and bring them to you. Because where else can you find Space Jam next to Frost Nixon? Where else <laughs> but a thrift store? <laughs> Take us home, Kyle. And with that, we're out of time. Thank you all so much for listening. Lad on the set with Kyle and James. You can check us out on YouTube and iTunes. Anywhere you find podcasts, we are there. Send us some email, lad on the set at gmail.com. We'd love to hear some of your favorite thrift store movies, the ones you see most frequently, or the ones you think belong there. <laughs> <laughs> so let us know what you think. Go watch some of your good old-fashioned DVDs. And have a great time. See you later. And cut.